0: guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their
1: veins. Mackie and John on Score North and scorenorth.com. I who can attack the football with great hands, adjust to the ball well, run great routes. That's pretty exciting to be able to get that kind of polish right away when he shows up for OTA. So, and I agree with AJ's take that you know we targeted Justin a lot last year. And for a for good reason, <laughs> he's one of the elite receivers in football. But this should, should help take some pressure off of him along with K.J. Osborne and T.J. Hawkinson. But um, the more that we can divert coverage away from Justin, that's only going to help Jets with his uh, ability to uh, to, to uh, wreck the game in a good way.
2: There he is. You know that's he's coming after Kirk Cousins. Job. There, he's Jets. he's pretty good, man. He's coming after your job. You know that's his end. my that's job.
1: And yeah, that's his end game. He's going to get the score
2: North job. Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony if all of a sudden Mackie it's Mackie that gets the boot and it's and Kirk retires and it's. Purple Daily, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Judd Zolgad, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. Yes,
1: it would
2: be. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that, that was spoken like a guy that absolutely will be the Vikings quarterback in 2023. Yep. As he talks about how, he, and he's done the homework on Jordan Addison clearly going into the draft and how he pairs up well with, with Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, the Vikings... Not taking a quarterback in the first round. Passing on Will Levis. I don't know if they've passed on Hendon Hooker yet. We'll see how, how that market oh, plays oh. out. But uh, the fact that they drafted Jordan uh, Jordan Addison and passed on the quarterback means old oh, Kirky boy is going to be your, your guy. This is Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, your daily home for Minnesota sports, entertainment, speculation, therapy. We are... Uh, We're sitting here, what, 12 hours after, not even that, like nine or 10 hours after leaving Park Tavern, the Surly Park Tavern draft party last night was just, and we talked about it to start Purple Daily today. So check that out. But what a freaking blast that was. Just going back, we're going back. We have some clips that we're cutting up for social media and stuff. The energy and the excitement among Vikings fans for the draft is so much fun. And we have the best listeners, the best viewers. Just a bunch of people that get it, that like to have fun, um, that like to speculate. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know, I can't say enough good things about how much fun that was last night.
1: It was outstanding. And yeah, the the thing is, and it's much appreciated, every time we throw a a party, you show up and you're awesome. Like, you know, post game vent line, watch party, and then vent line, the draft parties, like everything that we do. Is so much fun, and that's because of you. So yes, thank you.
2: Yes, yes.
1: All right, let's let's turn this into a feedback Friday
2: session here. We have we have some stuff that's trickled in in the late hours. I was checking the feedback inbox. You can always hit us up throughout the week through the scorn earth app. There's a feedback tab, and the timestamps on these emails, man, Vikings fans were just up all night at like one twenty nine a.m., two thirty four a.m., four nineteen. So this one's from BG. He says, um. Uh, I found an interesting tidbit for Jordan Addison. It's basically a summary of the 18 Bolitnikoff award-winning wide receivers since 2003 and how they panned out in the NFL. Oh, my
1: God. This is
2: incredibly great, (laughs) valuable research, BG.
1: What time did this guy hit send on the email, really?
2: Let me see here. Hold
1: on. I mean, that's not a quick task right there. Let's
2: see here. So, uh, BG... Sent this email at 2.29 a.m. Central Time.
1: Oh, so he was pretty quick. Yeah, good job.
2: <laughs> well, it took, took him three hours to research and then went to bed. So the too-long-didn't-read version of this is that he split them up into, into just a few categories. So actually, I'm going to go. This is a fun exercise. So 18 Bolitnikoff award-winning wide receivers. Two of them are current or future Hall of Famers, Megatron and Larry Fitzgerald. Four of them were one-time or multi-time pro bowlers. So Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Jamar Chase, Braylon Edwards. Three had a 1,000-yard season or more, but maybe weren't pro bowlers. So like Brandon Cooks, really good receiver. Yeah, very solid. Michael Crabtree, good, solid receiver. And Devontae Smith, who, who might, by the way, be a pro bowler at some point. Then there's the Jerry Judy tier, had nearly 1,000 yards last year. Has a chance to be a great wide receiver. He's just in his own tier. He's not a bust, but he's still working his way through. Uh, Three of them were KJ Osborne clones, so never were a wide receiver one. Had a couple or a few seasons with like 700 yards and some touchdowns, so like Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, James Washington. Only two of them were complete busts, Corey Coleman and Justin Blackman. Mm -hmm. And then let's see here. Mike, there's the Mike Host here. He won the the Bolitnikov, was a sixth-round pick, and disappeared after three years of bench riding. So chances are, if you win the the Bolitnikov, you're a pretty pretty damn good wide receiver, and and you're going to either be a pro bowler, a 1,000-yard receiver, or maybe at the
1: top of this,
2: a Hall of Famer.
1: So what you're trying to tell me is Laquan Treadwell was not on the the Bolitnikov list, which is good news. He was not a Blitnikov winner. Exactly. Right? So and and I just I have to think that the Vikings in this case in in replacing Thielen and adding a guy that can provide a threat that that Adam was at one time for sure, but was not by 2022. Um I like the fact that Addison is clearly going to slot in here. Like it's not a no no pun intended too, since he might play in the slot. Um but <laughs> he's not going to come here with an expectation of, you know, you've got to be great. You've got to be fantastic. The Vikings literally needed a guy that can start his career being, if nothing else, a really good decoy that will scare teams. That's a nice place to start at. It's not to say that he can't develop into a Pro Bowl player himself. Who knows? But I like the fact that there is just clearly a role here that was open. And I think we all agreed you know, if K.J. Osborne was going to be a two, it was going. It certainly would have taken place last year, and it didn't. Um, and again, I will defer to them on the thinking for offensive draft picks. Yeah. Because Kevin O'Connell is going to know exactly what he wants and needs. And so when you put the whole thing together, it's why I think I have more faith than I did at certain times as far as picks go. We don't know ultimately how it plays out. But just the fact that you improved Justin Jefferson to me, was my that was my biggest goal when I pivoted to, I think that they should take a receiver first round. Well, the two, yes, I
2: agree with what you're saying here. And the two comps that we've sort of seen from our guy Thor, some, some of the other like PFFs that if this guy pans out the way that he could, you know, let's say he reaches his 90th percentile, as a player, for example, actually, here's a third comp. This is interesting. So I'll give you three. If, if if Jordan Addison pans out, here are the three names I've seen Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton, and then PFF has Emmanuel Sanders. So none of these guys, maybe T.Y. Hilton for like one or two years, none of these guys are considered bona fide number one stud receivers. You already have one of those, Justin Jefferson. But they're all really good, effective number two. You can move them in and out of the slot outside, right? Versatility, thousand mm-hmm. plus yards can take advantage of maybe one on one because the opposing team is bracket covering your star receiver. So if if the Vikings through this, because like one of the complaints I hear is, well, why why would you why would you spend a first round pick on a guy that's ceiling is maybe a good number two wide receiver? And I say, well, okay, well you're projecting. Joy Porter Jr., right? He's not. Clearly, he had flaws that prevented teams from drafting him in the first round. Will Levis. So some of the other options, it wasn't like draft a guy with a ceiling of a number two receiver or this star franchise quarterback that's a a no-brainer. They're they're all sort of dart throws. But if you're telling me the Vikings just drafted Emmanuel Sanders to put next to Justin Jefferson or T.Y. Hilton or Tyler Lockett to put next to Justin Jefferson... It would be a home run pick as we look back three or four years from now.
3: And everyone also knew, too, right, going to this draft that a lot of these wide receivers aren't stars, aren't going to be necessarily stars, but they could be great complementary pieces. And Addison stepping into an offense where he doesn't have to be the star. Like he is literally, you can make a case, he's third fiddle in this offense, right, behind Jefferson and Hawkinson. But you need as many weapons as possible in this type of day and age in the NFL. So if he's if he's a complimentary piece, if he's the great appetizer, if he's the great side dish on your entree, that's still awesome too. That's a great piece in this offense.
1: And O'Connell is playing chess here. Like he's playing offensive chess. That that's his thing. So yeah, he is trying to he's trying to create I I think that he thought exactly what we talked about last year, which is I sort of ran out of uh things from my bag of tricks cuz I didn't have the personnel to execute those things. So they're going to do things that we we don't get. For instance, to start off the free agency period, Josh Oliver to a lot of people made no sense. Like, what mm-hmm. it's a tight end that can block? What the hell are you doing? Right? But it's a piece of the puzzle. It, it's a piece on the chessboard. It's not like well, they just you know big strapping tight end that can block. It's a guy that you can put in there, and so now you can do more things. Like that's what this offense is all about. Part of our problem was in this town is you know. Some of the the coordinators have been good i don 't mean to disparage them, but I think sometimes what we saw was independent pieces, and they tried to use them, but they didn 't fit together. Kevin O 'Connell wants them to fit together and so and that does not mean that Addison could not emerge into a really good player, but as long as he can run a route competently in two thousand twenty three that 's a really good starting point because now you 're freeing up Jefferson and now oliver's presence is putting you in different formations of which you can run plays for jefferson but it's more confusing like there's oh, just yeah. there's so a... many potential things here oh. uh, in, including having a running game that looks like it can work yeah
2: so here's a a stat for you too in terms of just big big plays on offense you know the vikings did have a top 10 scoring offense but they didn't really have a big play offense outside of Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook wasn't the home run; he had a couple home runs. He had eighty yard run against the Bills, but he wasn't the home run hitter that he's been. Thielen stopped hitting home runs four years ago. He's just been a move the chains guy and a red zone guy for a long time. And KJ Osborne had a couple big plays, but you just you need you need more big plays. And uh, Warren Sharp, the football analytics guy he put together this list of offensive plays that gained 20 plus yards last year. So the team, those are called explosive plays. So these are, these are how many explosive plays each team had of 20 yards or more. The chiefs, 83, the Eagles, 80, the Niners, 75, the Dolphins, 72, the Bills, 71, the Jaguar, 70. I'm basically just listing the best teams in the NFL. Maybe not, to, maybe not the Jaguars, but they're emerging for sure. So, And I'll get to the Vikings in a second, but Kansas City and Philadelphia, the two teams that played each other in the Super Bowl, had the most offensive plays of 20-plus yards or more. And then the next tier, San Francisco-Buffalo. So I don't want to simplify football to that extent, but if you can get more 20-yard chunk plays on offense, pretty good chance you're going to win 12, 13 games and be competing late in the month of January. The Vikings were bottom third in the league. They had so they had fifty-five twenty plus yard plays. Again, the Chiefs had thirty more than the Vikings. So that's that's two extra explosive plays per game that the Chiefs had, that the Eagles had compared to the Vikings last year. I love that. One stand. one per half, basically. It's like a yep. boom. Field position changing play, home run touchdown, seven extra points, right?
1: Yes. And while the The Vikings did finish eighth in scoring offense last season. I think what we forget, too, though, is the disappearing acts. You know, second and third quarters, at times, they did nothing. Like, they'd have a great scripted drive. They might have a decent first quarter. They disappear. You know, Kirk Cousins was fantastic uh, in the fourth quarter. But Kirk Cousins, and nobody should have to lead that many. When you have to come back in the fourth quarter, the amount of times the Vikings did— that's not really, like, it's fun, but it's not a positive because it's not sustainable. Um, and so, and the other thing, and what's so ironic, Phil, in you going through those stats is, you think about it now, the Vikings the Vikings offensively were Ed Donichell's favorite team. It's too bad he didn't play against them because you put the top on and the Vikings couldn't rip the top off. Mm-hmm. You've got to rip that top off. Top's got to come off that. I Stop like look at what look at what the Lions did in Detroit against the Vikings. What did they do? They took the Dana shell, they ripped that some bitch right off. It wasn't
2: exactly hard to do that with the Dana shell defense. No, but right? I'm saying hey, but we're going to prevent but big you gotta, plays. No. But the Vikings no.
1: but the point is the stats that you just read are indicative of a of a Vikings offense that couldn't do that consistently. No. Like that's what you have to do. So, yes, again, as long as Jordan addison can run a route correctly as a rookie it's going to give you some potential here
2: Mm -hmm. all right let's keep going here feedback friday presented by our friends over at you know what let's shout out the twins here hey twins fans the twins are trying something here i kind of like the idea of this these happy hour three Mm -hmm. o'clock friday start time so maybe you know we're recording this about four hours before first pitch so some of you might have to wait until a future friday but whether it's the friday happy hour start times whether it's the new uniforms the joey gallo bombs we have buxton and correa hit back-to-back bombs a lot of fun things happening right now best team in the division twins.com slash tickets twins.com slash tickets to get out to target field i had a blast there last saturday just a cool place to hang out
3: oh yeah
2: baseball being good is an ad but uh, yeah twins.com slash tickets um. Also, it's not exactly golfing weather this weekend, but we are firmly, firmly in golfing season here. Finally, Meadows at Mystic is the place to be.
3: Speak for yourself. OK, I got tee times locked in on Sunday. I'm, I, I, I have the itch. I can't I can't I can't wait any longer. So I'm going to be at the Meadows at Mystic Lake and you should be, too. OK, go to Golf dot com. They got tee time openings finally. Uh, so you can go book those tee times. Get that frequent player card. Uh, When it is nice out, you can obviously enjoy yourself a cold one on the Meadows Bar and Grill, which is one of the better patios also in town. Go to GolfTheMeadows.com to secure that tee time. GolfTheMeadows.com.
2: All right, let's keep it rocking here. Feedback Friday, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Fani chimes in, says, first of all, great draft party. Enjoyed the show online. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed with picking a number two wide receiver over a potential number one cornerback in Joey Porter Jr., or number one sort of nickel-corner hybrid safety linebacker guy in Brian Branch, just a versatile defensive player, or even taking a swing at a Will Levis. By the way, the Vikings could have, if they wanted to, they could have traded back from like 23 to 25 or 27, 28, because all those teams behind them except for the Saints weren't really in the market for a quarterback. So they could have traded back, gotten an extra maybe third-round pick, Maybe the Chiefs go get Jordan. Here, we'll swap you, Chiefs. You can take Jordan Addison. We'll grab Will Levis at the end of the first round and get an extra third-round pick, and they elected Mm -hmm. not to do that. And so Fani continues, nevertheless, I am excited for this offense to take the next step. We wanted to see them take all year. Is there going to be any Joey Porter Jr. regret here? There's a couple other cornerbacks on the board. I know it's the... It's not the splashy, fun thing to do to draft another cornerback, but there were some
1: good cornerbacks on the board. So as we record this um, on Friday, the Vikings have one pick in day two, which is a third-round pick, and as Thor has told us repeatedly, this is a deep cornerback draft. Okay, So I'm not going to be surprised with, I believe it's pick 87, if they take a corner. But there's a couple things to keep in mind here. One is when it comes to cornerback, the Vikings wisely went out and targeted Byron Murphy Jr. from the Cardinals, and signed him, and he can play at the nickel or outside. The other thing is we don't know, and it might be a leap of faith, but we don't know what the medicals say on Booth and Evans. But those guys, as Phil pointed out last night at the draft party, were both pretty high draft picks. And so you're going to have to count on those guys to play and start at some point in time. If they have both been cleared to play and are absolutely fine, I think the expectation is minimum one of them has to be a starter. Like, like they aren't, they aren't flyers. They aren't sixth round draft picks. So the other thing too, and we don't know, this could go sideways, but I just want to be clear on Addison. He comes in as a number two because you have what looks to be a future hall of fame one. So like you didn't draft this guy and say, well, he's not that good, but you drafted this guy saying he's going to develop. And Justin Jefferson needs a yeah. compliment. But I think when you say I I understand that when you say that, like he's gonna be a compliment to JJ, it sounds like, well, he's a number two. Then he said, Well, yes, he is, but that's not how you should think of this pick necessarily. You're getting Thielen's replacement, and that's and we're talking about what Thielen could do in his prime. That's a pretty damn good player
2: I will add too, I know that sometimes we we' we try to oversimplify the offense is pretty good, and the defense is a disaster. therefore you should draft to improve the thing that's that's worse, right? And yeah, like they should definitely look to draft some defensive players here in the third, fourth, fifth rounds. i I agree with that, but your offense is like one step away from being a top five scoring offense if you can right. just get more explosive plays a couple more home runs here and there. You go from maybe being the eighth or ninth scoring offense to being the fourth or fifth. Maybe you you tack on an extra five points per game. Now you're averaging 30 points per game. So I love the idea of not to ignore defense, obviously, but if you can add a piece to the puzzle that helps get you to this elite level offensively, and also whether it's Kirk Cousins driving the car or whoever else is driving the car in 2024, just build a really good offensive car with players that are in their primes. And if you look at what they're setting up here, let's say Jordan Addison is a hit. Let's say he is hes going by the comps. Let's say he's a young Emmanuel Sanders or a T.Y. Hilton or something. He's a really good complement to, to Justin Jefferson. What is he, 21 years old? So you have a 21-year-old number two wide receiver, a 2223 two, year old future Hall of Fame receiver, a 26-year-old in his prime tight end. You got a 23-year-old left tackle. Brian O'Neill. I mean, it's just another piece to a nucleus here. And it's kind of the 49ers. Look at the offensive car they built. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft, or whoever else is going to drive the 49ers car if your options are get desperate for a quarterback or just keep building great framework for whoever the quarterback is, I would much rather keep building great framework. Um, and again, I think adding a piece to the offense is probably even more important than, you know, taking a flyer on a cornerback too. Cause the, cause Joey Porter jr. Could be a bust like all these guys could be bust. All right. Max Salve of old chimes in here says, I know we all wanted the Vikings to maybe grab a quarterback of the future, but instead went with a much safer option In the potentially best wide receiver in the draft, the way I see it, if the Vikings had either traded up for a quarterback or taken Levis at 23, I would have said that I trust KOC to know what he's getting. I think we should still apply that logic now to Jordan Addison. I trust KOC that he knew none of the quarterbacks left were guys that he wanted to take in the first round. Thoughts?
1: I think that's 1,000% correct. Like, That's the thing is we, you know, just because we hear stuff, right? Or because guys are mocked to your team. Does not mean that your team is, is like yeah, the secrets out. I think the Hooker thing was a smokescreen. So like, I don't think they were ever going, I don't think there was a debate on him. Levis maybe, but Hooker no way. And so, yeah, we have to, I like the fact that until it's proven otherwise, that this team right now is drafting with an offensive first coach because we're in, in an age where in my opinion, that's the smart move. And second of all, a guy who knows what he is looking at, and to use your analogy, Phil, knows how to design the car. He knows how to design the motor. And again, these pieces all have to fit together because they give you the ability to do things then that we probably didn't see in O'Connell's first year. My guess is his entire uh, call sheet was not unleashed, right? Like there were probably things that he thought about doing but said, I don't have the correct personnel. So, yeah, I think that that is exactly right. Kevin O'Connell, at least for now, gets the benefit of the doubt on the quarterback. And, you know, the last thing about this, too, I think Cousins is gone after 23. But if they go to the playoffs, and I mean, they could be a playoff team. There's there's no question in my mind about that. If they go to the playoffs and and have success, win a game, perhaps get to the conference championship game, Mm -hmm. Cousins could be back, too. Like, we can't just close, We, I think he's going to be gone, I think the price point is too high, but we can't close the door on the fact that these guys are going to give themselves several possibilities, just because Kirk, it seems weird, because I think it probably rubs Kirk the wrong way, and we have become so conditioned to, well, Kirk got another extension early, right? Guaranteed money early. Just because the adults have put their foot down does not mean that we are not going to get to go to the ice cream shop. It just means that for now we've been told no. It is funny. I
2: mean, It's not because they kind of redid his deal for accounting purposes, but they didn't tack an extra year on. We've just kind of come to the conclusion that this is going to be the last year of Kirk Cousins, or maybe they even still find a way to trade him with his permission. But you're right. The fact that they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round yesterday does open the door a crack or more. If he has another big season, right, he's Mr. Fourth Quarter Comeback again, and it's year two in a great system, and he loves working with KOC, and he's still healthy, right? Not drafting a quarterback in the first round yesterday did open the door for him to sign an extension after the year.
1: Absolutely. And it's not like some unheard of um, um, alienation of Kirk to just say, hang on, buddy. Like, we've mm-hmm. become used to, oh, Kirk, oh, your contract's up in two years. Here's three more, right? we become used to that. Yeah. But they are making what I think is a very sound football-slash-business move here.
2: Yeah. Just chill. Hey, man, it doesn't have to be contentious.
1: And if he comes no. through on four, you know, on fourth and and eight, if that puppy's thrown 11 yards to JJ and he catches it, yeah, the extension might be there.
2: Yep. Okay, Daniel K says, I'll take Rick Spielman back. Terrible pick. Everybody keeps giving our GM a pass for last year. It was a terrible draft last year. Well, they may still come around. Rick Spielman would have been ripped apart for last year's draft. So he hates this year's pick and wants uh, more criticism for last year's draft.
1: Uh, Rick Spielman would have been ripped apart for last year's draft if we get through another year or maybe two when the draft class continues to do what it did in its first year. Yeah, That's not true. Rick Spielman did not get ripped apart immediately. Agreed.
2: You can't. I mean, listen. We we never w- did that. When it's time to rip Quaysey for a bad draft, I don't think this show is going to be shy about ripping ripping Quasey for a bad draft.
1: Yeah, we're being we're being. I mean, we patient. We here. looked at we we reasonably had very positive c- conversations about Treadwell, Phil. Laquan
2: Treadwell. You know, yeah,
1: but I mean, we didn't come on bla- the next. Black, we, must have
2: blacked out during those. I think I said he was going to be the next Anquan Bolden because he big yeah. body guy. Yeah but he wasn't fast. He had catch problems. He was, if Lewis
1: Seen can't play in this coming season, that's an issue, but I fully expect he's going to play.
2: It, well, if it's, you mean, if he can't play, not because of a broken leg, but like, if he's not good enough to play, is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Or? I'm saying, I'm saying if Brian Flores looks at scene and is like, why did you draft this guy? He's not starting for me. Yeah. Then we have a discussion. Um, but, My feeling is this, the 2022 season defensively was a waste of my eyesight. It was, it was really, I spent an entire football season with these peepers watching crap. Yeah. What's Donatel doing right now? Chilling. He get hired anymore? No, no, I don't think so. I think he's have retired. I think he might've retired and I'm 66 years old. I'm guessing he got like uh, last year, a three-year contract probably, right? He's probably getting paid. Oh, yeah. Just he's kind of chill. He's on the couch. He seems like a guy who probably, so like, preserving. loves
3: working on his lawn. You know, just, like, loves his lawn. Loves mowing the lawn. Loves landscaping in his own, like, you know, looking at his could, hedges. Looking they, at the mulch. Could they talk your, right your ear
2: off about fertilizer and yeah. stuff, right? No one's yeah. looking at the hedges. Pusher ride. Pusher? Well, oh, he, pr- uh, he, he, he has a big enough lawn because he's made probably a lot of money as a football coach. Ride. ride. He's a rider. To do a rider. But, yeah. but there's a couple little areas where... You know uh, the push, the post more makes sense in the yeah. the the nook areas. You know, a couple other comments here. People wondering about Declan putting cologne on his back from oh, last great. night. That was a conversation that oh, came yeah. up yep. during the draft show. Do you want to further explain that again? So you put cologne on your back?
3: Well, okay. So here's what I do. I think I and I think I did the exact did. Uh, my, yes. my my science of how I do this. I could go grab it, but I I, I spray it. No, front, go grab it. Okay, I spray it front. Direct, or do you it. want... Do...
1: Wait, wait, wait. Go get it.
3: Let me go get yeah. it? Go ahead, go get I, it. I, I want to okay, see
1: the demo. I want to see it, because you did it, and I sort of get it, but I want to see if it's as goofy as it looks. Do you wear a cologne? <laughs> yeah, in third grade, I did. Yeah, I feel it. Like... put way too much on, and that was it for that. I'm not a cologne guy. My old man loved it the old spice yeah my
2: dad my dad used to do what was it It my dad drank cheap
1: wine and loved stetson stetson Stetson? yeah yeah i think my dad was an old spice old spice does smell good but again uh, i was an aqua guy in college my dad a a great dresser too like you talk about yeah the the apple did not fall anywhere near the tree you know whenever
2: someone's wearing cologne i always feel like they're hiding something what are you trying to cover there do you smell? Are you trying to be are you trying to are you a, are you That's trying to sell me
1: on something? I don't think so. No. and I don't end. think men wearing cologne is clearly like for men. like it's always like you're a player then. what? Cologne's like for players, like guys <laughs> that like to go, so go I'm a out player and be players. you were <laughs> I <laughs> I would put tired. that I would put that in, in air
2: quotes for
3: that yeah, yeah lo- uh, but but you were okay.
1: a
2: player. I am.
3: Okay, I was. Good yeah, there was a Trevor Plouffe June 2012 hot streak for Declan. That was. That was my my player. Okay. That, <laughs> was, right. that was it. Let's all see. right. So here's here's what I do. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna full screen this week so next can get oh my the whole God. effect here. Okay. Love I'm this. gonna I'm gonna take my headphones off so I can actually do it. So I can't really hear you guys. But all right. So I do a spray. Here's what I do. Okay. I do a spray, and then as I spray out, okay, and I kind of walk into it. <laughs> that is what I do. I love it. That that is, is
1: say,
2: I will say when I it's used to wear cologne, know. I would do sort of. So I would spray. I wouldn't spray it directly. I would spray it in the air and then walk through the mist. But just the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would never. I would never back I into walk, it. I back but, into it.
3: Yeah, because then you're you're walking away, and now it's on your back, and it, so it's you're just, leaving
2: it's, a trail of
3: just a little glorious a cologne scent. and, is and what by, you're going like for. I said, as I said yesterday, have I ever seemed overpowering with my cologne?
2: I would say no. I've never no, n- no, at, at no you point might have I ever like thought Deck boy Declan's Jesus laying it Declan. on today. Yeah, no. There are some people in our Hubbard building that I mean you can smell them from all the way down the hallway. Ages.
3: Oh yeah. Well
2: yeah, like I like older people <laughs> yeah. with perfume yeah. and cologne.
3: Yeah. Well, I will say, I will say, the fiance doesn't like it when I put it on and I hug the dog goodbye, because then the dog smells like the <laughs> cologne. Vinny. She does not like that. And he's a player. Yeah, she does not like she goes, that. She uh, goes hey, then, to, then, then she, she goes to love up on the dog and is like, "Yeah, you smell like you smell like Declan now." For God's sake, I so, like your fiance. Which I guess she's, is
0: you
3: know good and bad. But, she's gonna kick your ass, yeah. and I like this. So,
2: yeah. We know who runs. We know who runs Declan's yeah. house. Vinny actually is yeah. who runs Declan's yeah. house. Vincent. So, yeah. All right. Well, there's your feedback Friday and your cologne advice yeah. from cologne sponsor. Uh, from us come here. on.
1: Declan, yeah. sponsor Declan?
2: Declan here for Stetson. If you want to smell like a co- <laughs> if you want to smell like a cowboy from the mid 1800s, Stetson and a toothpick in your mouth are for you. All right, all right, we're going to be hanging out tonight. We're still trying to figure out two uh, wild post game plans, so uh, we'll 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 put something out on Twitter, but we will definitely be live for the second and third rounds of the draft on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Judd will be at the XL Energy Center, and uh, we'll we'll draw a play up here. On the fly for the rest of it. So, thanks for hanging out those Minnesota sports with Maggie and Judd.